Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hello everybody, I'm Steve and I'd like to welcome you all to this latest Coach House Beacon. Television was one of the great inventions of the last century. It's become one of the essentials of life, something that few of us can even remember being without. I have to say I don't watch a huge amount of television, but it does provide a useful source of entertainment from time to time. For many people during the lockdown, especially for those who've been shielding, it's been a vital link with the outside world. Even the younger ones amongst us who are abandoning traditional televisions in favour of getting their information on their phones or tablets, have to acknowledge that the screen on the phone or tablet owes its existence to the fact that television had gone before. Now, television started life as grainy black and white images on a small but very heavy screen. It's been developed over the years, firstly into a colour television, and then later into the flat liquid crystal version and the LED version that has now been used for everything from massive cinema size monstrosities to the tiniest screens on phones, gadgets and games. Now most of the early development of television was done by a man called John Logie Baird. He wasn't the original inventor but he is credited with making the first working television that could be used. He also went on to invent the first colour television, and it's this part of the story that I want to focus on today. John was the son of a Church of Scotland minister, also called John Baird, and he was raised in a Christian environment. He went to Sunday school and attended the church where his father ministered. Although later John declared himself to be agnostic, it was his Bible knowledge that helped him with his invention of the colour television. This is a little known fact and has been erased from most of the records that you will find online. Now John knew that God is light. He also knew that God is three in one. So he reasoned that light could be split into three parts. This was not obvious because at that time, people would have seen that light was split in a rainbow and the light would split into seven parts. This would have been too much to incorporate into the fledging technology, but three parts would have been manageable. Now, this reminds us that the one true inventor is God himself. And if anything's important in life, the answers will be found in the Bible. So this leads me nicely on into the question, why do we say that God is three in one? And we might also ask, how does this help with our understanding of the Bible? You see, understanding the Trinity is not the easiest thing to do, but as Christians, we should at least try. One thing is for sure, understanding the Bible helps us to piece together the different stories in the Bible. And in doing so, it brings the Bible to life. Understanding it as a whole puts the Bible into colour, just as John Logie Baird was trying to do with his television. 
In the Old Testament, God gave some clues that he was not a singular God. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, he says, Let us make a man in our own image. In Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 16, it says, Come closer and listen to what I have to say. From the beginning I have told you plainly what would happen, and now the Sovereign Lord and his Spirit have sent me with this message. So in this verse we can clearly see two parts of God, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. But who is the one being sent? This wouldn't have been clear at the time of writing, but with the hindsight we now have, we can understand that the one who was sent was Jesus, God the Son. When Jesus was being baptised, we see another appearance of all three persons of the Trinity. Jesus was of course present physically, and this is how Matthew describes the event in chapter 3. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly beloved Son, who brings me great joy. So, we can see that God the Father is speaking, and God the Holy Spirit is descending, and God the Son is standing in the River Jordan. Here we can see the three separate persons of God, all present at the same time. At the end of Matthew's Gospel, as Jesus was giving his final instructions, he told his disciples to baptise the people in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul repeated this idea at the end of his second letter to the Corinthian church, saying, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, that is the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So, there we have some good examples, and from this we can see that God has three distinct persons. So, how do we know that God is not three different gods? Well, there are plenty of scriptures that tell us that God is singular. Isaiah again, in chapter 45, I am the Lord, there is no other God. Isaiah again in chapter 44, I am the first and the last, there is no other God. Deuteronomy 6.4, listen O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And repeating in the New Testament from the first letter to the Corinthians, there is only one God. And again, Paul writing to Timothy, there is only one God. How much clearer could this be? So, God is one, but God is also three. The three are all the same, but all are different. The three are unified, but they act independently. Well, it's not surprising that this is quite difficult to get your head round. The early church fathers also struggled with this idea, and they came up with the following definitions, which still hold true today. This is what they said. The Trinity is three distinct persons who exist co-eternally in the Godhead. We should recognise that the Father is not the Son or the Spirit, the Son is not the Father or the Spirit, 
and the Spirit is not the Father or the Son. And then about God's oneness. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit all share the exact same nature with each other. Just as the Father is eternal, so the Son and the Spirit are eternal. Just as the Father is love, the Son and the Spirit are love. Just as the Father is all-knowing, so the Son and the Spirit are all-knowing. So, hopefully that's cleared that up for you. Where John Logie Baird applied the idea of the three-in-one to his television, perhaps we should apply a different aspect of this lesson. As Christians, we should all seek the same level of unity. If we truly love one another, this would happen without us even realising it. As a final thought, I'll just mention one more interesting fact about John Logie Baird. During the time that he was working on his inventions, he had a workshop in an outbuilding next to his home. And what was this building? It was an old coach house. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.